Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome. Uh, right. This should be a moment. This sort of last episode of a series. <laughs> um, a little bit of a damp squib. Because Dave and I are both ill. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm fine. Yeah, we're both feeling very fine. So it's the last episode of the series. Yeah. But I um, I, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of lemsip today, Dave. Have you? I've only had two uh, day nurses so far. Do you know what? I also did a uh, lateral flow test. Remember those? I was thinking about doing one. I couldn't find any. And I'd have, I've got loads I don't have somewhere. COVID, to be clear. You don't? No. When was the last time you did a test? A, a COVID test? I literally thought as I did it that I can't remember the last time I did one. No, I can't either. I'm slightly worried about doing one, but I probably should do one from sort of moral guilt. You, you know? do love having your Christmas ruined. I know. I've missed the last two Christmases with COVID. This is what I mean. I don't... Imagine I if you had a hat trick of Christmas COVID. Oh, that would be bad, wouldn't it? I can't. Surely not. That would be quite Dave Cripp. Karma doesn't hate me that much. Surely. I think it might do. Christ. Um, but still, we'll do our very best to get through the next, I don't know, half an hour or so. Um... So there's a really lukewarm <laughs> ending to a series. And the season finale of Friends. We're like, this is going to be the big one. This is going to be the all singing, all dancing. Something amazing is going to happen. There'll be a cliffhanger. There'll be loads of lols. We'll have the best hour of our lives. And here we are going, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll shit something out here, I guess. Also, if you're listening to this episode like in earphones, it's going to sound horrible. Two people with a cold doing a podcast. <laughs> Awful. Uh, so, yeah, let's just apologise in advance for however this sounds in your ears. Have you had some real Lemsip or Lemsip tabs? Uh, tablets. I might get some real stuff, you know? The hard shit. Yeah, the hard shit. Put some honey in it and, like, a, eat a block of ginger or something, you know? I, th- I thought you were going to say block of cheese. Eat a block of cheese, yeah. Does that help? As the old saying goes, feed a cold. No. <laughs> Steve? Steve? Feed, feed, <laughs> feed Steve. Feed Steve for the block of cheese. Starve a fever of cheese. There we go. <laughs> Give Steve a big block of cheese. That's how to get around any illness. I mean, cheese is comfort food. No, still on cheese. Um, (laughs) Cheese is comfort food for some people, so some people might say that that is a good fix. I don't know. Is it good or bad for you in in an illness? 
Uh, do you know what? Ah, oh, no, I can't. After starting last week's episode with that story about needing a wee in a park, I can't say oh, yeah. what I was about to say. Go on, or you must now, mustn't you? I think I speak for everybody listening when I say you must start it. You know, someone once told me that yeah. if you're blocked up, the one thing that clears your head yeah. is to... Um, We're going to have to bleep this, because you're, you're being very reticent around It's to have a wank, Dave. Oh! Um, which... I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna test that theory right now. No, please don't. That's um, not what people want from a season finale. I mean, it would be surprising content, but that's not what people want from a season finale. No, that's true. Anyway, let's leave it there, friends. Who told you that? I'm interested. Uh, uh, it was like years ago. I think it was someone I dated a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say this is somebody that wanted you to to get it out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Basically, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Very, it's 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 screaming very Monica Geller trying to have sex even though she's really under the weather vibes, you know? Yeah. And then, and I will bleep this out. Yeah. Uh, I found out that he... Also slept with. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, friends? Yeah, Christ, it's important we talk about friends now. Uh, that, well, although, to be fair, even though you've bleeped that out, that is basically... Almost a, another plot of friends. That's true. Um, so there you go. I'll leave that in the air so people can try and guess what the what the additional detail about that person was. Yep. Um, this week's request, Peter, comes from Soph. And uh, not only does Soph. it come from Soph, it comes from Mel... Hang on, let me see if I'm pronouncing this right. Melbourne, Austral, Australia. Australia? I've never heard it? of it. No, Australia, a place called Australia, apparently. Love the pod. Should I do it in an Australian accent? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, I nearly did it. Uh, it's given a purpose to my need to constantly watch Friends and have had so many laugh out loud moments listening to you. Oh, so how embarrassing to compliment us. We always say we hate it when you compliment us. Oh, isn't it embarrassing? Uh, I'd like to request one with a dozen lasagnas, if only for the opening scene, which is equal parts bizarre and entertaining. Can't wait for your chat about that one. Uh, then, of course, the introduction of the foosball table, the down fall of Paolo, the badly kept secret of the sex of Ross's baby. Uh, in true friend style, the dozen lasagnas plays a very small part in the episode. Yes. It really, <laughs> I made that note, actually. It, about halfway through the episode, I was like, hang on, are the lasagnas going to be in it again? And they were very yeah. briefly, but otherwise, that was it. Sophie has, so far, she signed off Sophie, not Sophie, sorry, I've read her Instagram name there. So I've mis, I've mis- I've, I've uh, shortened named you. Um, thank you for being excellent. Oh, Sophie. Uh, Sophie. Yeah, Sophie has written within that two paragraphs. It's almost like she got a copy of my notes because I've like that sort of, they're the bullet points of all my notes. Um, anyway, there you go. Shouldn't be surprising really. Uh, because we watched the same episode of Friends. So frankly, it'd be weird if we'd written completely different things, wouldn't it? It's true. Um, so where to begin? Actually, let's begin at the beginning because. Sophie did say, if only for the opening scene, which is equal parts bizarre and entertaining. I, the first thing I wrote down when I watched this was, this is my, uh, this might be my favourite cold open of the whole of Friends. What with the, da, 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 da. what is that song? Da, 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 uh, the theme tune to The Odd Couple. Right. I do think it's very uh, confident writing to write an opening scene like that, to rely so heavily on your ensemble. But obviously they had the confidence to do that because they had cast six very talented people. 
Yeah, but it's only 12 episodes into the entire sitcom, isn't it? And, and that is, you are right, it's very bold, but I really like it. But I think pretty much more than anything they've done so far, that gives a sense or like a flavour of that group. Do you know what I mean? They would just yeah. randomly burst into all the different parts of a song and, you know, when they're just sitting there, because that's what sitcoms don't do is reflect the reality of just sitting around with your friends quite often. And yeah. I like the fact that what they're doing is nothing. You know, they're not having a, a weird chat about a dream they had or like, a, you know, like they're not doing sitcom chat. They're just all having a coffee, yeah. having an acquired moment. Sat and then, a book, one of them yeah, exactly. And they're just sort of having their, their moments like you would with your mates that you get on with really well. And, and one of them starts mumbling and humming under their breath and the other, and they sort of get the, and they get the, the vibe together and, you know, they share this moment. And obviously I'm a massive nerd as well. So I always wanted a group of friends that would randomly burst into song and just sing along. Um, which ironically I do have now, but yeah, yeah I'm not one of them though. I, I mean, I don't mean I'm not your friend. I mean, I'm not one of your friends who would burst into song <laughs> what, what a way to find out. <laughs> this is not an original observation because lots of people have made this observation. Yep. The White Lotus theme tune. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, Dave. That might be it my thing to watch today. It is an absolute banger. Is it? Uh, the, the show or just the theme tune? Oh, well, it's all great, but the right. theme tune to the second series, because it's slightly different to the one for the first series. Mm -hmm. uh, slightly different, as in a, a, a different version of the same tune? or pretty, Yeah, one? kind of, yeah. They haven't gone full peep show and just changed it completely? No, no, they haven't. Okay, okay, maybe that'll be my watching things at home ill today show. Yeah, everyone in it is incredibly horny. Maybe that'll help clear my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then my final thing to say about this. So yeah, basically, I totally the final thing to say about this about the opening oh, of the episode, which say, frankly we talked about quickly. far too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is I like lasagna. No, my final thing to say about that specific cold open is that I love, and I think it perfectly encapsulates Ross's personality, that after that amazing spontaneous moment happened and they all went for it, he tries to go again and recreate it. Yeah, it takes it. it too far. Yeah, And it's perfect, Ross. It's perfect him going, oh, oh, it's, it, you know, it's like that sort of childlike need for the for the fun thing for that thing to continue yeah keep you know the joke I mean? going yeah yeah and and it's properly the personality of somebody that isn't very spontaneous actually do you know what i mean he's like okay that, i didn't understand why that was good <laughs> it was good because it was spontaneous and i love chandler's no no, no we're done <laughs> and it's like yep shut it down you know when this um episode probably gets underway and monica's on the phone to her aunt yeah does monica's aunt tell her to shove a dozen lasagnas up her ass the whole, like, so the lasagna thing, like Soph says, is, um, uh, short lived, but sort of seeds through in sort of quite, a, it's quite frenzy to do that, have the, the title of the episode and, and what it's supposed to be about, just, just be a little sprinkling. And it does run through and the lasagnas keep coming back and the lasagna, the lasagna's why Monica finds out about the sex of the baby and she gives Paolo a lasagna. You know, there's a lot of lasagnas to do with it. But the setup of the lasagna, like you say, is really weird. So, as what we're to assume is that Monica has been asked to make twelve fucking loads. That is, by the way, that is, and they're they're big as well. They're, they're not small lasagnas. They're not mini quiches. Like when she loses a, the fingernail, twelve big lasagnas for an event. Now, a few things have happened here. <laughs> if you're making a food order that big, it's obviously for some event, right? It's not. It's not for dinner. 
just at your house. Yeah. So I'd say it's fairly important that it happens and it gets right. So firstly, Monica's aunt has got no food for this whatever big event it is now, right? Yeah. And therefore, if it was that important and you'd want to make sure it was right, if you're ordering 12 lasagnas and you specifically wanted them to be vegetarian, you'd definitely flag that up specifically, wouldn't you? Yeah, that would be a really crucial detail. Like, you're not ringing Domino's and going, "Uh, uh, 50 pizzas, please. And then they bring Unless you're Dave Cribb. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's just, it's just retracing yesterday's, uh, yesterday's activity. But you're not just sort of going 50 of any pizza and then they turn up and going, well, I can't have any with cheese on it. You know, it's like yeah. you're, you're, you're making a request that is unusual for the food stuff. And therefore you'd specifically order it and, and probably want to make sure that the person taking that order was very aware of it. Right. Yeah. True. So she hasn't done that. And to be fair, probably some of the faults on Monica, because she she should have maybe just asked if you're the chef. Like, if you're not 100% sure what you're supposed to be cooking, double check, but I'd give her the benefit of the doubt. And then, yeah, like you say, why is the aunt being such a dick? Not like, oh my God, I'm so oh, sorry. Yeah, I she's forgot, horrible. I forgot to mention the 12 massive lasagnas you spent all week making for me. I forgot to mention they were supposed to be vegetarian. That's my bad. She's seemingly gone, fucking idiot, shove me a shit lasagna up your ass and... Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're no niece of mine. Not a loving aunt. No, very strange, isn't it? Um, th- th- there's a few little bits as we'll, we'll go through that we'll, we'll note real lasagnas, but the main one that doesn't sort of form part of the plot is that at the end, Phoebe's eating a lasagna. Do you notice that? Is she? Yeah. Now, what do we know about Phoebe, Pete? That she's a vegetarian. And what do we know about the lasagnas? Got me in it. Right. Good point. Good point, Dave the fuck's going on there eh that's a very that's a very good observation do you know what thanks coming from <laughs> you that is <laughs> oh i'm getting some heat from noticing a thing yeah it's good um but yeah anyway we'll we'll sort of we'll touch on the rest of the lasagnas as as we go across the episode so now where would you like to start you can start with paolo baby sex or the new table Pardon? baby sex is probably the bad way of phrasing that that plot was line in, awful in hindsight <laughs> uh the sex of the baby yeah I don't, yeah I don't let's know. go there yeah i don't, I don't honestly i don't my, i just i always uh break my notes up into three sections like that and give them little right. titles and I didn't. Right. I well, I, I, I was ill, Pete. If that's, I was if that's Ill. on your laptop or phone, I'd change that right now, just that's in case. Delete it. Sex of the baby. Fine, done. Fine. Um, actually, before we do sex of the baby, would you like some general trivia from the internet that I found during one of my, I think it was on IMDb? You know, they about have friends or just about anything? About this episode. Okay, go. Uh, like IMDb has a little like trivia, and it's always like, oh, this was the ninth episode that, you know, whatever. Uh, here's the general trivia for this episode. The word dozen means 12. <laughs> that is fascinating. And then to follow on, the one with the dozen lasagnas is the 12th episode. Even we provide more insight than that. That like, is mad, They could only dream of your observation about Phoebe eating the lasagna. Yeah, stop telling us what numbers are, IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, get a bit more deep into it, eh? There's a few things to dig our teeth into here one how bad is it that ross gives susan meat to eat when she's a vegetarian that is bad that like is ba- he do- says it in sort of like oh i've done a funny joke there on my ex-wife's new partner that's not a funny joke for Ross, is it to be like oh yeah i'm pretty sure there's no meat 
I do generally really like that scene though. Like the looking at the photo and that's our friend Tanya is great. <laughs> that's very like, and it's a very, it's very funny and it comes around and I really like that whole sequence of like, do you, don't you want to know about the sex? And like, no, I'm having enough trouble imagining you and Susan, <laughs> never mind Tanya. Yeah. Uh, but the, the genre of that joke is, it's so funnily. 90s don't lesbians look like men comedy isn't it it's, not yeah. so fun. it's just such a strange genre of joke especially when carol and susan are both very attractive conventionally female presenting women uh friends does lean in three or four times into like across the seasons of like lesbians look like men yeah. and it's such a strange genre of joke but like you say the way that the way they do it is very funny by the way if if ross doesn't know what sex the baby is carol shouldn't be telling his sister I was going to say, right, and it's not often we take Ross's side in this, and, you know, he's he's not even done very good karma to himself by trying to feed a vegetarian meat, but everyone's acting terribly in this episode around him. He specifically said, I don't want to know. Carol, in this scene, starts to tell Susan out loud, even though she knows Ross doesn't want to know, doesn't she? She sort of goes, it's a... She probably winds up to do it, and, and Ross is like, no, hang on, wait. And later, when Rachel accidentally let slip only for a couple of seconds is she horrified by what she's done and then she's like oh well don't get me wrong i don't get this whole sex of the baby thing do you know what also i don't get in the similar genre the first dance thing oh well what you what song it's gonna be yeah because people are so protective over that aren't they uh yeah they are actually people never tell you what the first dance is gonna be as if it's going to ruin the wedding and it might be an old wedding superstition but the things like that and the sex of the baby is another one of them names of babies are the other one people are so protective about names and i get it because they don't want their friends who are having babies at the same time to to nick the name or to get ideas or all that sort of stuff but the sex of the baby thing is i don't understand why it's such a taboo but clearly in this case ross doesn't want to know and they're all just whispering it around him yeah, that's true, actually. There are a lot of needless traditions wrapped up in... Um, funnily enough, I was talking to my friend who is planning a wedding right now, and oh, yeah. she is doing it absolutely on her own terms and not going with convention. And I'm like, yes, absolutely, wedding on your terms as it should be. Yeah, for sure. What's she doing differently? Um, like, in terms of... So you know how stressed people get about um, who they're going to invite? Yeah. You should only have people at your wedding that you want to have at your wedding. Agreed. So if there's like a family member who, I don't know, oh, I feel like we have to invite. No. Huh? It's your wedding. No, don't agreed. invite someone just because you feel like you have to invite them. Hypothetically speaking, you've got like, so I went to all three of my cousins' weddings, right? And all three of my cousins' weddings were the last time I saw all three of my cousins. Hmm. And before that, it was probably the last wedding, you know? So it's not that we don't get on. We just don't hang out, really, because we live in opposite ends of the country, live very different lives. And that's fine. And if they hadn't invited me to their wedding, I wouldn't have been up in arms. I'd have just gone like, yeah, that makes sense. Probably don't want to spend 100 quid on feeding someone they haven't seen for eight years, you know? I wouldn't have been offended. And I think we need to adapt that more as a group, as a group, you know, to be like, yeah, it's fine. I'm not going to be offended if I'm not invited to the wedding of somebody I don't really hang out with. There's quite a small handful of people in my life whose weddings I'm invested in enough to really want to go to. By the way, my friend Steph listened to this podcast and that was one of the last weddings I went to. Steph, you were in that small handful. I just want to clarify. I'm not slagging off your wedding. It was great. Although I don't remember the first dance. You don't remember the first dance? I got very drunk at Steph's wedding 
And um, then the next day saw a video on Instagram of the first dance. And I was like, oh, I must have been out of the room at that point. Don't remember it. Yeah. And then in the background, you could see me stood very drunk watching. So I was present. I just had no recollection of it. <laughs> that's quite impressive as well, isn't it? Like that's, that's quite a momentous moment of the wedding. That's not just like forgetting a thing. That's you forgetting the main bit of the wedding there. Mm. Oh, well done. Okay. So yeah, to sum up, even though I think it's a weird tradition that you don't want to know about the sex of the baby, I think that the fact that Ross definitely has specifically said, I don't want to know. And everybody around him is whispering it in each other's ears, is telling him, why is, yeah, why is Carol telling Susan? Susan tells Joe, everyone tells everyone. And then, you know, don't tell Joey, because he almost, I mean, he doesn't give it away because he gets it the wrong way around. But with his whole, you know, I don't, I'm excited about being an aunt or an uncle. Like, he's immediately going to get, you know, Joey, he's going to accidentally give it away, probably, by just being a bit thick, isn't he? Yeah, true. Um, so yeah, to sum up, I just think poor old Ross all the way through this episode is constantly trying to dodge all his friends who seem to know. It feels like everybody in the world knows apart from Ross. Um, and then we obviously get to this end bit after the Rachel and Paolo thing and Rachel gives it away. And like you say, she goes, Oh, like she's just dropped a cup, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, she's not asked. That's annoying. I've fucked that up a bit, haven't I? And then obviously once he finds out, you know, it's once it's out, it's out. And and this is the strange thing about not wanting to know the sex of the baby, is that as soon as he finds out, he's thrilled that he knows. Yes, that's true. He's over it really quickly. He's not asked, is he? No, so it's very odd. Um but there you go. To sum up, Ross is in the right, and we don't say it very often on Friends with Friends. The other thing I really love about this plot line, I love the sequence of Ross saying goodbye to Carol and the baby and then Susan in the in their yeah. apartment at the end of that first scene. Nice goodbye, goes, nice goodbye. Yeah, nice goodbye. He gives them a kiss, gives a kiss, and then the little punch on the arm. Yeah. <laughs> Susan. And Ross and Susan's dynamic is so funny to me, mainly because nine times out of ten, Susan comes out on top. Yeah with a little witty remark or just like Susan's the cool one and Ross is the pathetic one not doing, you know, not doing a very good job of covering up his hatred of Susan, isn't he? But there you go. End of baby sex. Oh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Table? Table. Um, when was the last time you got a new table? 
sorry, I'm just kind of reeling from... I wasn't expecting that question. Do you know what? Admittedly, as a conversation stopper, if you haven't got a table recently. Uh, I haven't bought a table recently. There you go. My lead on thought from that was, if you were to buy a table, where would you go? I would go to... Well, I'd go to Ikea. Ikea, I wouldn't go to a specific table shop. Do do they exist? (laughs) Like... Th- that's that's exactly my point. The table place, which closes at seven, by the way, so they're expecting uh, late night table shopping. Fairly, yeah, fairly solid evening rush on tables every day. Um, the table place. I mean, I literally just watched an episode of Thirty Rock yesterday, where Tina Fey's character needs a new table, and the immediate thing is we're going to IKEA. Like they, I was like, you've nailed that. You've nailed exactly what would happen here. Um, but table space specific like, furniture shop fine like there's loads of places like IKEA that's uh, that do all the furniture but I was just fascinated by the idea of a specific table place which when they're there it does seem to only sell tables. I have a couple of um, queries about how the table broke and the whole reason they need a new one. Um, yeah, Chandler says that Joey. Chandler says that Joey left impressions in the butter while having sex on the table. Did Joey put his dick in the butter? That's that's what I'm. That's and given the fact the table then broke, there's some sort of movement involved. So the so Chandler says the impressions you left in the butter didn't leave much to the imagination. So most body parts leaning onto butter wouldn't create an impression obvious enough to tell what it is. Do you know what I mean you have to really go out of your way to put your penis in some butter? You really do, but if say it was just your ass that like lay across the butter, that wouldn't look like an ass. That would just look like a dent in the butter. You know, that just, just look like some, yeah. yeah, just half eaten butter or something. Yeah. So, so it's got to be either I'd suggest like a boob or a dick. You'd have to press a boob really hard into butter to yeah, make a noticeable it, impression. Correct, because it would just be a sort of like a, a pin prick or the you know, you know, like a nip. The, the nipple on its own wouldn't create enough of a. Uh, identifiable imprint. So the whole boob would have to go in. I'd also debate whether uh, it's possible to not leave much to the imagination when it comes to sex involving butter. Because even if Joey put his penis in the butter, yeah, when you open the butter, you wouldn't necessarily... I don't think it'd be possible to open the butter and be like, well, that's had a penis in it. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not having your toes again. Ah, oh, someone's put a dick in the butter again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my follow-up point. Even if Joey has put his dick in the butter, and I don't think I'd say dick in the butter as many times as I've said it on this podcast so far. Even if Joey has put his dick in the butter, why has he just left it on the table? Like, yeah. if you, if you, if you're having sex that vigorously that you've ruined the breakfast items, just pop them in the bin, Joe. Yeah. Put, put, put them in the bin. You don't need to leave the butter out. And you don't need to leave your your dicky butter around. Don't understand how the sex accidentally involved butter. Yeah. Also, that that table, right? As we see by the keys. Oh, it doesn't look like a very sex friendly table. Thank you very much. You wouldn't be having vigorous sex where what I'd say is all your weight wouldn't be off the floor if you have sex over that table, right? No, no. You wouldn't be treating it like a sex surface. It'd be more like a lean-to. And therefore, I just don't think you'd be... Ugh, yeah, I just... There's a lot of there's a lot of questions surrounding Joey and Angela Davakir's sex life vis-a-vis tables and butter. Changing the subject um, 
quite emphatically, thankfully. Yes, please. And when I was watching this episode and they were buying a new table, I hadn't <sighs> clocked that it was going to be the appearance of the foosball table. And then when the foosball table was revealed, like it's such a fundamental part of their apartment, something yeah. that we see so often, when they like unveiled it, I was like, oh, it's the foosball table. It is. It's a great reveal. And what they do is make the correct decision in the end. And like you say, that's such a fundamental part of that set, basically. And, you know, when you think about it, this is the 12th episode of the whole thing, so it's only half a season, therefore one-twentieth of the entirety of Friends that they don't have the foosball table, that those first 12 eps, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and the rest, it's always there. What I'd say along the way, Pete, is before they make the correct decision, why do they both have such terrible taste in tables? The one with the birds. Why are they, why, why did they, right, what's wrong with a nice, stylish wooden table? Yeah where there's no pictures of animals on it. Like, what? What is this? Maybe this is just a 90s thing where we've forgotten what stuff was like. And actually, now I'm thinking about it, did our chairs have, like, sort of a sort of nature theme? Maybe they did at I, one point in the I, 90s. I can't say it's a design I've ever seen before. Get in face! <laughs> oh, hello, you right there? That was a strange moment. Oh, I sneezed <laughs> mid-sentence. Yeah. Like, and sort of panicked as it was happening. Yeah, it's good that I enjoyed it. Oh, um, the birds, the bugs. They, they, between them, they choose three options. One has birds on it. One has ladybugs, ladybirds, uh, and one is patio furniture. Ironic, considering at some point in the future they do end up having patio furniture in their apartment. Why are they? Why are they arguing between two terrible designs for tables? None of those tables, considering this is a table-specific place, stocks a lot of shit tables. Pete, yeah, should be better. Should be better. Get better tables, table shop. Have you got anything more to say about the tables? No, but I feel like I've heard the word table about a thousand times. Table, table, table. Table. Poke a nose. Ugh, God, Paolo. It's really uncomfortable watching what Paolo subjects Phoebe to. Uh, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, the whole, that whole thing's very uncomfortable. It's, it's, I, just watching Paolo in general. Pa it's one of those slightly strange things that you have in life where, you know, where your friend's going out with someone and everyone can see that they're awful. You can't tell them because, you know, and afterwards they're always like, oh, why didn't you tell me? And it's like, because you'd have hated it if I'd have told you at the time because you were in love. But this is one of those classic situations, isn't it? And even as a viewer, someone that's not a friend of the friends, you're like, this guy is clearly, this isn't right. This isn't, there's something awry here. Also, he's massively gone out of his way to target Phoebe. He's booked an appointment and turned up at her workplace. It's a bit weird to book a massage with your girlfriend's friend yes, without it is. flagging it up with her first, isn't it? But, well, Paolo's uh, a pig, of course, as he gets um, rightly named later. So that's the... Uh, pig man. Behaviour of a pig man. Pigman is a good nickname, to be fair to him. That's what he. That's the legacy he leaves us with. I know he comes back once after this, but the legacy he leaves us with is. The I do Raquel. Pigman. I do Raquel. Um, I mean, my my only initial query was, was this another Frank Junior style mix up with what a massage parlor is? I think you're giving Paolo too much benefit of the doubt there. It's interesting though. At some other point, they do run with basically the exact same storyline where somebody new to the group tries to go and get a massage and thinks they're prostitutes, isn't it? Yeah. 
True. It's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing that they had that in their head. What we stumble upon here for most of this storyline, as with most of Paolo's scenes, is the English language thing. Where he, his in- grasp of English is so poor that I don't know how him and Rachel communicate on any level beyond sex. I don't know how she thinks she's in love with him because like the Poconos thing, for example, she's just trying to say a single word in English there to him and he's really struggling with it, you know? It's interesting that Paolo doesn't sort of appear to do anything to try and resolve the situation afterwards. Do you know what I mean? He just hits on Phoebe. he just accepts it, off he goes. He doesn't try and sort of cover his tracks in any way, which I'd have thought someone like him would try and do. It's interesting, actually, on that theme that Ross is so belligerently obsessed with Phoebe telling Rachel, you got to tell her, you got to tell her, it's a feminist issue, it's the, it's the, it's the thing you have to do, you know? Considering how much he goes to cover up his tracks when it happens to him later, you know, when he cheats on Rachel. Oh, that's because he's a bit of a pig man too. Phoebe says, Paolo made a pass at me. This is my main thing with this, actually. We haven't really got to the crux of this. Phoebe's complaint is that Paolo made a pass at her. And what I would suggest is that what Paolo did was not making a pass at her. It was... Assaulting her. Yeah. It, like, the first thing that happens is he just starts touching her without her consent. Like, he's yeah. on the table and he's just got his hands on her legs and on her ass. That's not that's not making a pass, is it? Especially in a professional environment. Like, there's been no indication, there's been no signals or anything like that. And he just turns over and are we, so is the idea that he's just whipped his towel off when he turns over? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, it, it, isn't it sort of propped up? Hence the camping reference. Uh, is that what that is? I, so Sophie doesn't necessarily see, but it was just like, yeah, fine. So it's just, it's, it's, it's tent-poled, is it? I, I think that's the suggestion. That's the implication, fine, yeah. It sort of cuts away. Oh, I never, I never quite understood that, but that makes sense now. Good, fine, well done. Anyway, the scene where Phoebe tells Rachel is actually quite sweet and sensitive, isn't it? It is. I like how Phoebe does it, about being a truth-teller. Yes, uh, which... Uh, it certainly doesn't track across the season that like Phoebe lies quite a lot at various points. But at this stage, I think her thing that I never lie and, you know, I love my friends. I like, I really like how the whole thing is handled and I like the way she does it. I think Jennifer Aniston plays it really well once she finds out that sort of frantic physicality of running around with, you know, with the kitchen roll and all that sort of stuff and the milk. Why does Phoebe have a thermos of milk in her bag? That's my question. To go with the cookies. Oh, is it? What she deliberately brought the milk over for the cookies? Well, I assume so. And it is like you know, it's 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 one of those nice things where they both reached a conclusion as the two women in the situation. Not that it's not either of their fault, and the Paolo Pigman thing is the the right conclusion to to come to after that. You know, it's a nice depiction for nineteen ninety four or ninety five or whatever it is of of them going. No, let's <laughs> let's not blame ourselves. Let's blame the Pigman. Then Rachel and Paolo break up. Frankly, how they break up is beyond me because I'm not sure his English stretches to an emotional sort of declaration by any, you know, of any level, positive or negative. And then when Monica gives him the lasagna and gives him quite detailed English cooking instructions of the temperature for the oven, well, he seems to understand. He goes, oh, thanks. So either he hasn't has a clue and he just nods or, you know, he, maybe he understands cooking instructions in English more than anything. Uh, so yeah, and then that's the end of Paolo apart from a little, uh, what's the word? Re- Reappearance. Re- Reappearance, yeah. God, my, my brain isn't working. Because of all the flu, Pete. I'm fine. So, so the reason Ross finds out the sex of his baby, and this is the only bit of karma I do feel like is correct that Ross does find out, 
is because the reason he finds out about the sex of his baby is because within a minute and a half of Rachel heartbrokenly breaking up with this man, he's trying to hit on her. Yeah, classic Ross. I mean, we've had, we have that thing in the future, don't we, where like uh, Rachel's trying to hit on Tag. It's like, how long should you leave it? Oh, you know, so so long, some months, half hour. And even Joey says half an hour and Ross has not left it half a minute. What's he actually expecting to happen in the very immediate minutes after she's breaken up that she goes, oh yeah, now it's time for you, you know? Give us some space. Give us some bloody space. So yeah, considering how much he's basically trying to push and bang his heartbroken friend, he probably deserves to find out the sex of his baby after all that, doesn't he? Oh, the final thing before we do the quiz is that, uh, you know that, sh- that, sh- that scene of the clothes coming off the balcony? Yeah. How much of a faff must that have been? This was just a thing that went through my brain, production-wise. Bearing in mind, that building is used only as an exterior shot ever. All the scenes are filmed in Los Angeles. The apartment's not there. Do you know what I mean? When Rachel's throwing Paolo's clothes off the balcony, yeah? Yeah. And you see the clothes fall. Yeah. On the outside of the building. Yeah? Oh, I see. Someone's had to fly to New York, get access to that building, set up a camera downstairs, throw some clothes off the top of that building down to just for that two second shot. Do you think it's worth it? No, absolutely not, because you right. see her tip them off from the top. So what's the point? Well, you don't need to see them fall. We, our brains would have processed that ourselves and worked out what the clothes are doing. But well done to them. It is quite an interesting show. It's a different shot for friends. You don't see that sort of stuff very often. I've got a quiz from Soph. Quiz me up, baby. But she has sent her answers in a voice memo, in one voice memo, that I'm going to have to press play on and try and pause before she says the next Ooh, answer. exciting. Jeopardy. Good. I don't great. know how well I'll do at this. No, neither do I, and I'm excited for it. Question one. What is Chandler eating when everyone is reading the baby books? No idea. And here are the answers to the quiz. Oh, I love an Australian accent. Question one. The answer is yogurt. There you go. It's yogurt. Question two. Is that how you say it, Pete? Well, apparently. Um, it's Soph's quiz. She can say it how she likes. Oh, so is that how you say it? You, say, you repeated it. Oh, I just repeated how she said it. Oh, fine. Yeah. That's how, the, that's how the Americans would say it as well, to be fair. Question two. Who did Monica give the lasagnas to? Uh, oh, she gives one to Carol. She gives one to Paolo. She gives one to... Oh, does she give anyone else any lasagna? Let's find out. Question two. She gives the lasagnas to Carol, Paolo, Joey, and Chandler. Oh, there you go. Uh, and Chandler, I see. Yes, that's right. Question three. What author's books does Rachel mention she's feeling like? Oh, this is what happens when I watch the episodes when I'm ill. I don't take note of the details. Do you know this? Question number three. The answer is Danielle Steele. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Question four. I'm doing quite well at this. At the pressing play. I yeah, mean, you're not giving any answers. Yeah, I thought I was going to say, yeah. What theme song are they all humming at the beginning? Uh, the Odd Couple, Peter. Question number four is The Odd Couple and question... Ah, and question five, <laughs> what book is Joey reading? Do you know the answer? No. No, me neither. Question number five, Joey is reading the birth book, everything you need to know to have a safe and satisfying birth. Oh, man. There you go. Should have got more of that. I should have paid more attention. Sad, um, but thank you for the question. The, the question, the quiz, the questions, and thank you for uh, donning this podcast with an Australian accent. We don't have many of them here, do we? Do you know what I miss, Pete? Actually, do you know what that's made me miss when people used to do their requests in voice notes? Yeah, I know what you mean. 
<laughs> you don't miss it well, at no, all, do no, you? No, but the reason... No, that Why was Faf to get... Voice? That was to get Faf. I mean, there I've just played it straight from my phone down the microphone, but if you send it in a voice memo, uh, yeah. it's Faffy, so don't bother. No, I liked it there. It's nice to have different voices on there, because otherwise it's just these two idiots, you know? So, at the end of Series 8 of Friends of Friends, uh, if you are one of those people who's like, oh, I wish there was more, well, if you go on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash friends of friends. <laughs> I don't know! Friends um, pod? I think it's friends pod. Friends pod, mate. Is friends it? Pod. Yeah, told oh, you. Fine. So if you go on patreon.com forward slash friends pod... Yeah. Uh, you'll find loads of little bonus episodes and stuff that we've added along the way. All the correspondences, and actually all the episodes you've heard so far, have uh, bonus bits on the front as well. And there'll be more things on Patreon to come in the new year. Isn't that exciting, Peter? Yes, but for now, we are leaving it there, and we should be back with Series 9 of Friends of Friends in 2023. Happy holidays to you all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.